We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Happy Monday. Happy almost Halloween. Oh, we got to plan something for Halloween. Yeah, we got to dress up. Something. We got to figure. We got to figure something out there. But uh, <laughs> but welcome in everybody again. To a happy start of the week. We've got a lot of NBA news to get into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. That was Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we got a new week started here. Starting here. Um. I haven't told you this yet. I took my daughter over the weekend to her first NBA game. Oh, I ever. love it. It was her first game, and uh, and she had a blast. She danced her face off trying to get <laughs> on the Jumbotron and succeeded on the last opportunity go. of the game. She got Perfect. she got on there and she was dancing like crazy. She's seven, so you know that was that was yeah. a, a big deal. So she had she had a good time. That is amazing. I love it, man. That's so great. Yeah, I remember uh, we took um, Bella to a Celtics Magic game uh, years years ago. She was little. She was probably like five. And um, they invited her to go down on the court and do the high five line. But she oh, was wearing cool. a Celtics T-shirt. And so the Magic were like, uh, we're going to have to give you a Magic T-shirt to put on while you do that. So she got a free T-shirt out of the deal. So she was happy, too. So Well, that's good. Cool. Yeah, and she went down there. And then she, she to this day, does not really like Nick Vucevic because he didn't slap anybody's hands. He just ran through the line. So so she's out on Vooch. <laughs> Come on, Vooch. You got to give, give the kids high fives, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's great, man. That's awesome. So that's – I. I love when people take their kids to their first game. And my hope is that they like the best thing that comes out of it is they're like, when can we go again? Like that, yeah. that's, that's the best result. So oh, she, that's she great. Had a blast. We waited long enough for her to be like into the game, you know, be able to yeah. really watch it a bit and not just be, you know, bored or whatever. Yeah. But she, she definitely had a good time. She, she had fun screaming defense and, you know, and then dancing <laughs> to, the, to the music every time that came up. So that is so great. It was, it was a good experience. That's for sure. Perfect. Um, all right, we got a lot of news to get into, so let's yeah. let's jump right in with some unfortunate news. Anthony Simons out dealing with a thumb injury. Uh, this the Blazers, we know they're not going to be good this season, but they need their guys out there. And Anthony Simons is a really talented scorer. Could definitely use him out there on on the floor. The Blazers aren't going to rush anybody for injuries or anything like that this season. But still, 
unfortunate that a guy like like Simons isn't going to be available here. Yeah, this isn't about what it means win-loss-wise because I don't think it really changes anything. No. It's more about the missed opportunity for reps with Simons and Scoot Henderson and DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton and Shaden Sharp and the, they're, they're kind of younger core guys moving forward that you hope are in the mix. It's that That's what you miss. And when you're a rebuilding team, you're going to lose those games anyway, so that part doesn't matter. But you want those reps and that time, that evaluation time, because what Portland's going to miss out on, he's going to miss four to six weeks. So that's going to be probably somewhere in the range of, let's say, 25-ish games, I'll guess, by the time he's back and fully up to speed and playing again. Mm -hmm. So that's a third of the season, and that's just third of the season where you didn't really figure out, all right, Henderson and Simons, is that our back order of the future? Do we need to go with Shaden Sharp? Do we need to move Simons? Do we need to do something different? So, so that just becomes a little bit of a of a challenge um, with, with that side of it. Even if you know, I know a lot of people looked at it and were like, "Well, dude, who cares? Like, the, the wins a lot. They're going to lose anyway." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But you're you're trying to get that evaluation time with those guys. Exactly. It's that, and especially this is an important part of the season to have that evaluation time. Because, and I'm not saying they're going to make any crazy moves or anything, but this needs to inform your decisions at the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, and again, not not that it's likely that they just move on from Simons, but maybe. I mean, that, that's certainly not outside the realm of, of possibility. And so if you don't have this evaluation time to find out what do you have and what don't you have, that can can certainly be a setback for, for you and negatively impact your ability to make what could wind up being another important personnel decision here for for the Blazers. Yeah, even a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, right? There's some trickle down yeah. to this because now it increases the likelihood you hang on to him for a little while just because you don't want to go into your games with Scoot Henderson and then really two-way guys as your on-ball players. So you want to be in a spot where, all right, hey, Scoot, you know, let's say he has one of those games and he's going to at some point. You know I love him. He's one of my mm-hmm. uh, favorite young players in the league, but he's going to have a game where he's going to have like four turnovers in the first quarter. He's going to take a couple bad shots because he's he's young. That's what young players do. Yeah. So you pull him out, put him on the bench, put Brogdon in. Just hey, uh, DeAndre Ayton had a small seal, like, and you took a contested twenty-five footer. Like we got to work the ball in there, and those are the kind of things. If you don't have a guy like that, because now you don't have Simons too, it just turns into all right, who are we going to for this like who who's going to be the guy to put a little bit of pressure on the kid um here who's really the you know future of the franchise so it it just gets a little messier than it needs to be it's not the end of the world by any means as long as he is back in the four to six week window then it'll be okay but it's just lost time that you know that that's the the sucky part when you're trying to figure it out as a franchise who's just trying to sort through all your options for the new direction all right, uh, Bismack Biombo signing with the Memphis Grizzlies. And this, you know, I've been wondering, where is Bismack Biombo? For a little while there, he was one of the top bigs available on the market. I mean, the market yeah. was pretty thin, but it's like, huh, why is Biombo still unsigned? This makes a ton of sense. Like, and maybe, maybe this was what Biz was waiting for, was for an opportunity like this to come up. Because the Grizzlies, you can just see it when you watch them play. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. And Xavier Tillman is largely taking on the... Um, the job of defending the other team's big physical player. We saw him quite a bit against Jokic, against the Nuggets. He's been mm-hmm. he's been taking on that role so that Jaron Jackson doesn't have to. But then after you get past those two guys, 
there's not a lot left in the middle for, yeah. for the Grizzlies. So there's a, a clear opportunity to be the primary reserve five here uh, for Biombo. And, and again, the Grizzlies badly need him. And this is an opportunity for minutes uh, for Biombo. So I think it's a win-win for both sides here. Yeah, I agree with everything you said on the court, especially with Santi Aldama also out right now. Yes, they just they don't have a an extra big on the roster. It's Tillman and Jackson, and then a bunch of guys kind of per, you know masquerading as big men, like like uh, what do they call him? big body David Roddy, right? Like it's like yeah, he's a big body, but he's like six foot four. So you're not exactly saying hey, go out there and guard Jokic, right? Like that's that's tough, and they, they they're. They haven't gone to Kenneth Lofton Jr. at all. It seems like they kind of know that's not really a direction they want to go. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, this was this is a good opportunity too to talk about how this is going to happen. Just you know, fundamental tenant of the show is a little bit of education. So, what's going to happen here with the Grizzlies with John Morant because he has in a, a suspension of, of more than six games, he can be placed on the suspended list after five games. So what that does is that actually creates a roster spot for Memphis. So he'll be, uh, they'll, they'll get through their fifth game on the first. So he'll go on the suspended list after that game. And then for the remaining 20 games of his suspension, they'll sign Bismack Biombo. My mm-hmm. guess is Bismack Biombo will sign on a non-guaranteed contract. Can't be 10 day contracts. It's too early for those. Those don't start until early January. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what we're going to see here is he'll come in on on a non-guaranteed contract. And then when we hit that 20-game or, I guess, 25-game marker, after that, when Morant is eligible to return, because he has to come immediately off the suspended list, it's not one of these things where he may not play for a couple more games because they may want to ramp him up and have him ready to go. But he has to come off the suspended list. The Grizzlies will have to make a move. At that point, it may be, all right, we're going to wave Biombo, or they may look at him and be like, you know what, he's become too important for us. We're going to wave somebody else instead. My guess earlier in the preseason was before Steven Adams went down for the year and then Aldama got hurt, I thought they were going to bring Shaq Harrison back in, who had done a good job for them with the hustle. He's guy who's been in the NBA because they don't have a lot of ball handling on this roster either. But they, they clearly the big spot is a much more important position of need right now. So that's the, the way this is going to work. And then there'll be another transaction to come uh, right around Christmas time when John Morant is eligible to return. And they'll have to figure it out because they'll have to get back into roster compliance then. Yeah, that, so that's great detail there, Keith, on exactly how this is going to go down um, and how Bismack Biombo is going to join this team. Um I still think the the Grizzlies, they can be uh, certainly a factor in the Western Conference. Again, they were a team that I predicted to kind of fall out of things in the West because of these injuries, but uh, it's more just a statement of of how good the Western Conference is going to be and how deep it's going to be um, this season. But biz to the biz to the Grizz. I should have learned that earlier. It took me too long to find that. Right? What's that? They're already on three. Like, that's tough. I mean, and they're, they're, as of right now, as it stands, you know, them, Houston and Portland are all the the 0-3 teams that they're that are in the league. So it's not their season's not over by any means, but you don't want to look up and be like two and twelve, uh, you know, as you're you know, halfway through Morant's suspension. Then all of a or sudden or even two like, and oh. ten. Yeah, two and two. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. right? You <laughs> you just hit those spots and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh no. And I know where you're going. The Lakers did that last season, two and ten. It's not fun. It's not a fun place to be. That's for sure. No, because it makes every single game almost a 
must, must win, win down the stretch. And that's not, you know, the Grizzlies maybe because they're younger, better positioned for it, but yeah, not, not where you want to be. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about James Harden, who is Yay. now back with the 76ers. Apparently security will let him around the team now. So that's, yep. that's good. He's got security clearance. <laughs> uh, if you guys missed that story, he was asked by security not to get on the team plane last week as the story gets more and more bizarre. Um, but James Harden back with the 76ers supposed to practice. Uh, I believe it's tomorrow. Yes. He's going to practice with the team. Uh, that should mean that in theory, maybe we're not far off from seeing James Harden on the court with, with the 76ers. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like we're getting really close. I don't know if that'll be playing on Wednesday or not, or if it'll be later in the week, but sounds like we're getting pretty close. And by all accounts, he took part in everything on Tuesday. They did a walkthrough, uh, not Tuesday, Sunday, rather. He did a walkthrough uh, with the team, which was essentially shoot around ahead of the, their game, and then did film work with the team. He was you know, involved at what level, we don't know, but he was there and involved. Uh, and now he's going to have his full live practice. Nick Nurse said he just needs some live work before he's ready to get on the court and that's honestly that's no different than if this was a normal type situation where a player had been away for a week and a half you would want him to get some live on court work before you just throw him into a game so yeah we'll see i mean right now philly looks okay without him right they 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 went uh two and one in their first three games tyrese maxey is he's great. Is playing great you know really good good player so yeah, here we are. I'm guessing this means we're going to see James Harden play. And then that'll obviously be kind of must-watch TV whenever it's announced he's available to play to see, one, do they play him? And two, what does he do when he's on the court? Like Those are going to be the things we'll be watching for. Well, speaking of must-watch TV, NBA viewership is up 13% so far yeah. in the new season. Uh, Keith, what do you attribute that to? What, what's creating this massive? It must be the in-season tournament that has everybody <laughs> excited, right? Yeah, it must be, even though that hasn't even started yet. So this was <laughs> based off of the, the six national TV games. We heard after opening night, which was Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, that the ratings were down some. That, to me, makes sense because you had the Lakers and Nuggets forced into a time slot that's not really their time slot yeah. at 7.30 Eastern. You know, that's that's a 4.30 start for Lakers games. A lot of Laker fans were still at work on a Tuesday. And then Nuggets, that's a that's what, a, a 7 o'clock local start? No, I'm sorry, a 5.30 local start mm -hmm. for them because they're two hours. So, again, were people even fully home from work and were you into other stuff or whatever it was? So, so that one, you know, and then the second game uh, – that one is always a little less of a draw unless it's the actual ring game, which is always just a bit of a weird situation. Uh, and I think I wonder if people were a little like, oh, Bradley Beal's out, like this isn't the matchup. But then you had Celtics-Knicks and Mavs-Spurs, so obviously uh, new-look Celtics playing the Knicks, big big TV markets, they did well. Spurs, Wambanyama, so that did well. And then the third night, you had sixers Bucks, so Sixers drama box with Damian Lillard. That was the opener for both of those teams. And then Suns Lakers in a normal time slot for both of those teams in the evening. And those games all really drew well. It was the first time the, uh, the six, uh, six games in opening week on national TV all drew more than 2 million viewers. So that's you know good news. So I think it's just people are excited for the league where it's at and to see new, new faces and new places and, 
guys like Wembenyama and all this stuff. So, you know, to me, another sign the league is uh, is doing well for this. And this came kind of on the heels of a report of TV contracts may not be exactly mm-hmm. what they want them to be. And some of these local TV deals are going different routes and all that stuff. But then you also had the idea of Amazon saying, hey, we want to create an NBA night package similar to what we created with the NFL. Mm-hmm. We want to have one of those that will really drive things. So I, you know, uh, my gut tells me the NBA is still going to do just fine in their yes. next uh, media rights deal. And they'll, they'll, they'll come and, away you know, perfectly okay. And you have to imagine, like, Adam Silver now has this stat everywhere he, poss- he yeah. possibly can, making yeah. sure Amazon, TNT, whoever, ESPN, everybody knows, hey, our viewership is up 13%. Wouldn't you like to get some of those eyeballs? He probably has it going on his outgoing message now on his voicemail <laughs> um, at this point, just making sure everybody knows that, that they're up 13%. Because I'm sure and he's he's ecstatic. I'm sure if the in-season tournament, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. if it does well also, then you know they're going to be trumpeting that as, you know, hey, who wants to, you know, does anybody want to buy exclusive rights to the in-season tournament nights? Like, what does that look like? And those mm-hmm. kind of things. So, I, th- I you know, the NBA is going to do all right for, for themselves. So uh, they'll, they'll continue to, to push. The big thing that's going to continue to involve a – good deal of eyes on it is what happens with the local TV contracts. Yes. Those are starting to take a lot of different paths and mm-hmm. in that, and some of them may work. Some of them may not work. Some of them are like the jazz uh, doing theirs. Sounds like there's been some, some real hiccups uh, for people who are jazz fans, but maybe they are tripping into the nuggets uh, uh, realm of viewership. Oh yeah. Those kind of things. It's a mess. Or, uh, that so yeah so it just gets gets super messy with those things but uh they, they uh i know um gosh ryan smith has promised to say you know hey we're gonna make it right for you if you bought whatever it is jazz tv or whatever i don't know what they're actually calling it but if you bought it and it's not working for you we're gonna take care of you we'll make it right and he's uh so far everybody i've seen that had a complaint has said the jazz have you know done right by fixed them. It. so well good it's gonna that's, that's good to hear yeah. In the in the Lakers market, I can speak to this because they just announced that Spectrum is creating an own their own streaming package. In fact, I, I believe I want to say tonight's game against the Magic may be the first game that's accessible yeah, on it. I could be wrong, but I, I, I that sounds correct. Um, but uh, they're supposed to, like it actually costs more than NBA League Pass does to get this, which isn't good. But but uh, League Pass is if you want to see your team and you live in the local market, League Pass is useless because you're blacked out. Um, and you don't have the traditional cable package. So I think we need to see more and more of this. Like, Hey, if you just, if you want to see all the team's games this season and you live in market, but you don't have cable, that's a lot of people now that don't have cable here. This is how you do it. Um, I think that's going to be important for the league to address and something that we're starting to see teams, uh, really get into. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the mid season tournament and one of the big announcements for today or the big announcement for the day for today is that not only is there the end season tournament, but the NBA has created special courts for every team to use during the in-season tournament. Now, these courts, this tells you they're invested. These courts cost, as I recall, it's a few hundred thousand dollars to create a, a floor yeah. like this. So yeah, this just is, to be clear, these are new, 30 brand new courts. Yep. These are not like, hey, um, I love it that you pulled the, the one where it is. cycles through them. Now people are going to complain they're having seizures watching this. But that's okay. <laughs> um, it's 
these are 30 new courts. These are not decals. These are not overlays. None of that stuff. These are 30 brand new courts uh, for, for the uh, in-season tournament. It does move a little too fast. Like, is every team, I haven't checked, is every yeah, team really on it, It's yeah. seven seconds. And they go through every team. This should be double the length of time, so we can see all yeah. these a little bit. If you go to the NBA's, uh, they have NBA them all individually. Feed, yeah, they have them all in there in a still mm -hmm. image too that you can see. Right. So essentially, what they did, uh, Zach Lowe, go to ESPN, read the story because really did a wonderful breakdown on this. It is they went to Adam Silver and said, hey, we want to do something special with the court for these in-season tournament games. And they said, we're thinking about kind of doing, you know, just minor things to, to the court. And essentially it sounds like Adam Silver said, no, do more, go bigger, like be, yeah. be bolder, like get, let's really get crazy. And you can see as these cycle through, some of these are like, oh man. It's you, the same you know, court. It's the longer. same design for everybody. Yeah. But yes, yeah, some of them are very, very like the, the Suns one. The floor is purple. The Jazz yeah. have the purple. But the Lakers have a yellow floor. Like it's, yep. it's yeah. The this Celtics is have stand a out. green floor. The Celtics. I'm not going to say their entire being, but I know the entirety of my dad watching them and all the way through now. So that you're talking, you know, sixty plus years, almost you know, seventy years for him mm -hmm. as a Celtics fan. They've only played ever played on the parquet at yeah. home. It's only ever been the parquet floor, and this is a brand new floor that is green. And it's like a dark uh, green color for them. So it is uh, it, it is something. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see you know, where it goes uh, from from here with this. But, you know, I'm all for go nuts. Let's try to make this thing special and stand out for the people who are really complaining about these courts. It's going to be used two or three times. That's it. Because there's only two or three home games. Right. That you'll host um, as one of these teams. So well, I, I, I'm fine with it. Like, let's let's, you know. Go nuts. Let's see what it looks like. Keith, it is it's foiling my my balm to all of those who hate the in-season tournament. Because what have we been saying? We've been saying just ignore it. If you don't like the the in-season tournament, it's a regular season game. It still counts. Mm -hmm. I had somebody messaging me today saying everybody's just gonna bench their starters for the in-season tournament. Yeah, like, no, it's a regular season game. Nobody's benching their starters. But I, I've been telling people, look, if you don't like the in-season tournament, if it really bothers you that much and you can't keep an open mind about it, and that's okay, if that's the that's your fandom, that's fine. Ignore it. It's going to be impossible to ignore it with these floors. Everybody's yeah. going to know it. Um, what do you what do you think about the design in general? Like, it just... I, I'll admit my my first reaction seeing the Lakers one was oh my gosh that's a lot of yellow, but looking at around the league, I kind of dig it. I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I they they are bold, and I want to see what they look like on TV. Right, mm -hmm. that's what I yes. really want to see because these are you know just an image of the of what they may look like. They're not even the actual real thing. A few of the real things have come out. I think the Miami Heat posted a image of what theirs looks like uh with that so as I, I believe they've been getting delivered uh this week to to these uh people i do like that they did it as they do it as a new thing this is the paint scheme on this because you really run the risk if you did decals and all that stuff mm -hmm. that's when the players were slipping on them they were hating yeah. it that's unfortunately why there's no more trophy and final script on the finals floors because those were a decal that was put on the floor and the players didn't like it because they said they were slippery and they 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 didn't feel safe. So I I think 
all around, I'm fine with it. I have no problem with, you know, if you want to go completely, you know, bonkers wild with this and go nuts, like go, go nuts with this. And I guarantee the vast majority of people are like this since in season tournament is stupid. We'll like it by the time we get into like the knockout round. I think they will be like, you know what? This is actually kind of fun. Like in the players, you put something to win in front of a whole bunch of competitive people. They're going to want to win it. Now, yeah. I'm not saying if you're in the group stage and you're 0-3 that you're going to go all out to win the fourth game because now you, you don't have a chance to advance. So what do you care? Like, it doesn't really matter. No, it it, but it carries the same importance as a regular season game at that point. Exactly. That's all it That's is. That's it. Yep. You're going to carry a, you know, it's one of 82 is what it becomes because mm-hmm. your, your part in the in-season tournament is over. But I think the knockout stage in, in – deeper into you know the semifinals and the finals you're going to see people wanting to to win this thing and trying to win it and, and i think it's going to be a lot of fun i think guys will go go for it and really what they're doing is they're setting groundwork for generations from now to like whatever this is like the these in-season domestic cups are huge over in europe both mm-hmm. in soccer and in basketball um both they, they these are something that the people really love i'll throw out an idea i have I would like to see the G League showcase precede the in-season tournament, and I'd like to see the G League showcase go back to being a tournament format fully, mm-hmm. and the two finalists get a berth into the in-season tournament. Like and then we make it a 32-team knockout tournament, and they they play you know there, just because then it gives you even more of a domestic cup kind of feel to it where it can be even more fun. Problem is no NBA team is going to want to run the risk, exactly. no matter how unlikely it is of losing to a G league team. But I still think, you know, we could get there eventually. It could be fun. Exactly. It's just like how we don't see, you don't see the top tier stars competing in the dunk contests a lot of times because they don't want to run the risk of losing. Same things, same reason why we never see a one-on-one tournament because no players want to want to risk that. Um, but I liked it from the fan perspective. I like the idea a lot. All right, uh, De'Aaron Fox sprained his ankle last night against the Lakers. It was a pretty gross one. His, I mean, his ankle like touched the ground. Yeah. Nasty. Hopefully, he gets well. I was well shocked he too. came back in. Me too. He, uh, it was. And it played well. You know, it was. It was nasty. Uh, you knew yeah. it was the kind of thing where it, it's going to be hurting, hurting the next day. And yeah. sounds like he is going to miss a decent amount of time for the Kings. So that's you know, again, we talk about injuries in the West and how important they're going to be. Uh, the Grizzlies dealing with it, of course. You know, there's a number of teams, but. Uh, but now something for the Sacramento Kings to try to try to overcome here. Yeah, and for the Kings, uh, Davian Mitchell obviously will step in as a starting point guard. Mm-hmm. What becomes a challenge, we always talk about this, is unless it is the super-duper-duper duper star where it's everything is built around that one player and you lose them and it all goes south, you're it's rarely the one guy who goes down. It's what happens with the guys behind him. Yep. So Mitchell comes in. They don't really have another point guard on the roster until you get down to Jordan Ford, who's a two-way guy. So not the end of the world for the Kings because they run a lot of the offense through DeMontis Sabonis anyway. I think Malik Monk can uh, take some more on-ball reps and do things. Uh, Kevin Herter, Chris Duarte, they can do a little bit with the ball in their hands as bigger players, but just going to be be tricky. Now, the Kings do have an open roster spot, uh, so it wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see them jump on. All right, we're going to do – they, what we talked about a little bit with Biombo, you're not allowed to do 10-day contracts. So sometimes what teams will do is they'll do a – it's a workaround where it's a non-guaranteed rest-of-season contract, mm-hmm. and then you keep the guy for however long you want, and then you waive yeah. him. 
from it. We may see Sacramento do that just to get another ball handler in the fold uh, there, just to give them a little depth at the position for however long Fox is out. Because all they're saying right now, the reports are, is he's going to miss some time. So that means probably, my guess is a minimum of two weeks, maybe more, and it might be more just the way this looked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's certainly the concern there is that it's going to be more because uh, that was, man, that, that was one of those ones where you just, you hold your breath when you see it. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. no, that was, it was so bad. And he was in some real pain on yeah. the ground there. Um, I'll say, I mean, I know it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, but what no. an awesome regular season game that was. It ended like, up just, being crazy, just crazy. Yeah. Just back and back forth and, and both yeah. teams going at each other and, and all of that and, and missing huge shots for my team and, and all, all of that. But uh, I'll say but, yeah. too, I'm good with whenever he retires, I'm going to miss LeBron, but I'm going to be perfectly happy for no more of the catch it in the corner square and just rise and fire while almost like daring the guy. Like I dare you to try to block this because there's no way shots. So you just every single time, you know, they're going in like yeah. it's just, I have way too many of bad memories of him doing <laughs> that to the Celtics over the years. So I'm going to tip my cap and I'll miss him when he's gone, but I'm not going to miss those moments at all. Well, Lakers fans are saying he's taken too many step back threes to begin to begin with. Yeah, but I think he's cut down on those a little bit. I'm just so talking far about the season. ones where there's not even a dribble, right? He just catches yep. it, turns squares, and goes right into it, and yep. just while staring the defender down. I'm convinced he doesn't even look at the hoop when he shoots. You may not either. need think, to at this point yeah, with the think, muscle memory. Yeah. yeah, I think he just steals the soul of the defender and that's calls that's it. it. That's it. Um, Cam Johnson <laughs> is going to be out ten days uh, dealing with a calf issue for. The Nets, so that's not, not 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 ideal. He didn't have a great performance over the summer with Team USA, but a, a pretty important piece here for for Brooklyn. So not good that you're going to be dealing with it. And calves can be kind of tricky too. Not maybe not as notoriously as as hamstrings are, but but the calf can be. You you got to make sure that's healed, and you don't re re aggravate anything. I mean, we saw what it did to Joe Burrow this season, so not not ideal. And Nick Claxton also out for the Nets. That sounds like it's shorter-term thing. Should be back uh, mm -hmm. in another game or two. They're both not going to play tonight. Um, obviously, Johnson out for you know, a week and a half or so, and then Claxton's out tonight at least. But, yeah, this is a little worrisome for a Nets team. that They, they don't have great depth. Their, their starting group is okay, and they can, I think, be very competitive with that group. But mm -hmm. the depth's a little shaky. But, hey, this means more Cam Thomas, uh, you know, green, the greenest green light in the league. Like, he's he's going to let him fly and probably keep scoring. That dude is just filling it up. But the Nets need their guys because they're, again, it's two games. But 0-2, and it's, it's not the Western Conference full battle 1 through 12, but – the East playing picture is really muddy and you don't mm -hmm. want to fall out too, too much and lose too much ground. I had somebody say to me that collectively we're all too way high, way too high on the nets, just plugging them in as at least a play in team. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, there could be something to that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's they're they're like you said, their depth isn't great, but they need their guys out there. They need yeah. their guys out there. I, although I've been pretty high on, on Mikael Bridges, and so that's part of the reason yeah. why I've been high on the on the Nets in general. Um, Chris Paul, indeed, coming off the bench, came off the bench last night, so um, looks like that's going to be a thing. This is one of the. It was like such a big story over the summer. Like, <gasps> is he really going to come off the bench? It's not the <laughs> end of the world. Like as long as sure. Chris Paul is okay with it. Like yep. there's nothing wrong with with coming off the bench. Like you can you can do it and you move forward and you can make it not. But it it felt like it became such a big deal over the summer. I think the bigger question is when all their all five starters are there plus him is who closes mm-hmm. games. I think that's a much bigger deal. My guess is you'll go with Chris Paul and you'll just put Looney on the bench unless you need the size and the rebounding out there because. Then you close with the way you've been closing for years with the Warriors, with Draymond at the five and Chris Paul out there. But he had a, you know, scoring wise that that's probably going to be the thing that takes the biggest hit with him coming off the bench. But eight points, five rebounds, seven assists, like just did Chris Paul stuff and went out there. And really, I mean, they they it was funny because him and the, the rest of the Warriors bench just tortured the Rockets bench last night i mean just just that's where the game turned and it turned into a you know blowout and everything else for well not a blowout i guess the warriors didn't win by that much but that was the difference in the game was the warriors bench was much better uh, than the rockets bench and if that's what chris paul gives them that's what chris paul gives them yeah exactly exactly um i think that the uh that chris paul's addition it, it has largely worked um but if he's if this, as long as this bench thing and the the closing line doesn't become a problem with anybody, mm-hmm. well, that's gonna be that's gonna be the biggest most important piece here. Um, I think it was. I just want to make sure I have the number yeah. right. Yeah, that was the first time in one thousand two hundred and seventeen regular season games. So first time he's ever come off the bench, and then you throw another hundred and forty nine uh, playoff games on top of that. So. That's that that is still something, right? That's like a lot. 1300 plus games and indeed now something new this late in his career, but they, if you know, hey, this maybe gets him a couple extra years of playing time, then I'm all for it. All right, last thing we've got uh Cooper Flag commits to Duke, already has a magazine cover out. That was, <laughs> that was good timing there. Um but there's it's certainly a player to watch. It's supposed to be kind of the next big thing coming into the NBA, so Someone to keep an eye on, and he will be attending Duke. So I first heard about Cooper Flagg from a cousin that lives in Maine, and he told me 
let's see, this would be three years ago when Cooper Flag was like 13 years old because he's only 16 right now. He reclassified. Uh, mm-hmm. So he will graduate this year from Montverde Academy, which is right down the road from, from me here in Florida. Like, like I could get there in 15, 20 minutes uh, from my house. So I go over there a decent chunk to watch uh, kids play because they are also a, a just a haven for NBA uh, first round picks. They, they cranked them out there like left and right. RJ Barrett yeah. played there, Scotty Barnes, Joel Embiid. So a whole bunch of guys um, spent time at Montverde. So anyway, but I first heard about him. My cousin uh, was at an AAU tournament in New England. And he's like, dude, this kid, Cooper Flag, <laughs> on the, uh, I think it's Maine United is who he plays for. And he was like, this kid's amazing. And he's like, this kid's going to play in the NBA. He's huge. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can do everything. And I was kind of like, that's interesting. I'm like, he's from Maine. Like, that seems unlikely, but sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Why not? And then I just kept hearing about him and hearing about him. He is awesome. My comps for this kid is Gordon Hayward on offense. Like, he's the same size, can handle, can shoot, can pass. And I, he reminds me an awful lot of, like, Andre Karolinko on defense. Oh. He's about the same size. He's real lanky, um, but he's good shot blocker. He's, he's a pretty physical player. He's got long arms, so he racks up steals. It, I will be shocked if he is not the number one overall draft pick in the 2025 draft. So, yes, we're way out ahead of this one, but you're going to hear nothing but this kid's name for the next two years because the this draft, cycle that we're going into is it, it as of today it's supposed to be a down draft now so was this past year's and it ended up or not this past year because that one Benyama two years ago mm-hmm. with Ben Caro and uh, Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith at the top and it ended up being a pretty good class so I'm not fully out on this year's draft class yet but it is uh supposed to be a little down so you're going to hear a lot of Cooper flag talk and obviously at Duke he's going to be on TV but again sure. that's not this year that is Next year he'll be on he'll be at Duke and then it's the 2025 draft is when he'll pop up as available. But go watch his highlights. I know ESPN put a bunch of stuff out there and you'll probably come away saying, Wow, yeah, this kid is something else for his size and skill combination and everything else. And personally, just you know, he's from Maine, like a Mainer being this big time in the NBA, still goes home and plays for Maine United uh in, in AAU ball which is really cool. Like he hasn't joined one of the you know teams where they, they meet each other with name tags on five minutes before the game and just right. run together. <laughs> and he still plays with all of his friends and buddies and everything. So yeah, cool story. And I've seen him play at Montverde too. And he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. This is, this is going to be, of course, something to, to keep an eye on here. Um, as we get in, and again, we're a long way off right now, but as we get into, you know, draft season and all of that, um, this is, this is certainly something to watch. And again, we're, we're not even talking, um, you know, what over almost a year from now, but still Cooper flag name to remember guy to check out, go check out some of those clips because this is probably going to be a big deal. Whatever team winds up getting him. The other thing too, right. He, you know, call it what it is. He's a white American born player. Like there's going to be a narrative that we haven't had a great white American born player come into the league in a very long time. And there's just, you know, people can say that's not cool, but I just know how this hype, you know, train works. We're going to get a lot of that, uh, you know, here where it's like, all right, you know, but let's see what this kid is. You know, let's see what he becomes. My guess is by the time he's coming in, it's not going to be one Binyama because that is just a whole other 
thing. Um, but it's going to be like the Zion hype level was coming in. Like, oh, yeah. probably even more because Zion was, we heard about him, but not, not when he still had a full year of high school left like this. Like, there's going to be, he's going to play on ESPN a lot uh, in what is now his senior year at Montverde Academy. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll appear there a lot, and then we're going to see him regularly. Um, you know, obviously, when he's at Duke, every single game will be on TV somewhere. So, yeah, he, he's going to be something. I'm, I'm excited to watch it all develop over the next two years. And yeah. I'll use this as a little bit of a place to say, because I'm not covering the Celtics day to day anymore, and because I can't just step back from just doing less work, I'm going to do a little bit more draft work uh, this year. So we'll All be right. able to add that into the show um, as as we go. We're we're going to do some stuff on Spot Track probably. Um, it, it will not be, you know, I'm not going to by any means consider myself a draft guy, but I plan to be far more up on the draft than I usually am, which is good because a lot of the guys in this draft, like I don't really know much about the top prospects. So we'll be diving in on them as all of their seasons will start up here in the next uh, you know, weeks to months uh, to go. That means our, our draft night live show, a yearly yes. custom is going to be all the more informative for, for this coming season. I like it. Yeah. I won't be cramming two weeks out of, you know, <laughs> all right, let's get in a whole bunch of uh, synergy watches of these guys and try to figure them out. I will I've actually see them all play hopefully quite a bit. All right. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining. I think that's going to wrap things up for us today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with all the latest going on around the NBA. We sure do appreciate when you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are pushing for 30,000 subscribers and don't forget to follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.